0: Within the subject of eschatology and the final days, there's much discussion of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. But it's actually the horsehair worm that will help you make sense of a confusing world right now. The latest news, history, and analysis from the perspective of the first Christians. Tune into the FBN Worldwide, 24-7 radio stream. Satan is a squatter or, said more precisely, a spiritual parasite. He never creates, only occupies and destroys. His power is nothing compared to the power of God and the Holy Spirit, but it's very strong when compared to a human being that is unprepared for his earthly and material deceptions and temptations. When we are born, we all have an innate connection with God for obvious reasons. He created us. We feel it. Just as the infant seeks out its mother, so too we seek out God. Now, there was a time when that connection was fostered and encouraged in children. It created a layer of protection for later in life when they would come in contact with the ways of Satan and, unfortunately, with the relatively small but powerful group of people that worship him. And just as children are more susceptible to certain diseases and parasites because of their immune system, which hasn't matured yet, so too it is in the spiritual realm. Now, to have a vague understanding of the difference between good and evil is one thing, but to grasp the intricacies and background of each makes for a man well-prepared to embark on the journey of life and teach others. You see, within him there's no... Fertile ground for the seeds of Satan to take root and grow. They fall and lay upon an impenetrable rock, no longer an existential threat. The mature spiritual immune system is almost completely impervious to pedestrian-level satanic deception and trickery. But to a child, it will appear overwhelming and impossible to overcome. This is why Satan's parasites insisted on removing God, Christian icons, and any mention of him from the public schools almost 60 years ago. You see, it's from this blank slate of moral relativism that these parasites in human form begin their spiritual infestation within young, developing, and impressionable minds. Teaching them, they descended from monkeys, walking fish, and electrified swamp gas trillions of years ago. They're but an insignificant speck of nothing, spinning in a vast void, subject only to the forces of their science as only they teach it. Concern yourself only with the material world and strive to gain more possessions, they say. Nurture and promote the carnal desires and lusts of this world. Lionize and glorify sodomy, money, transsexuals, and mental illness. Evil is actually good. Invert and confuse everything within the natural order. Bombard them with subliminal and overt messages from every conceivable media platform, all reinforcing the same godless narrative. Yes, Pervert these young minds as soon as their little bodies begin to walk, spiritually hobbled before they even have a chance to defend themselves. Now, do you really think this is all by happenstance and coincidence? This is the result of careful planning and design by Satan's parasites, subversions instituted over the course of decades and generations. We didn't get to where we are now overnight. But this is the first time in history when they've had this much power at one time, and over so many countries. So much power concentrated in the hands of so few. And the time is now ripe for them to exercise that power, and either enslave the world or destroy it in the process of trying. Look around you. Virtually all of the leadership in the countries of the First World West are completely overwhelmed by Satan's parasites, and they're in a headlong rush to commit suicide, killing themselves and everyone around them. Now, you might think that description is over-the-top or hyperbolic, but it has its roots in reality. A quite gruesome reality is demonstrated by a parasite known as the horsehair worm. The horsehair worm targets mainly bugs like caterpillars and praying mantises. They're absorbed through water and begin their life cycle within the insect's abdomen, growing several inches long and taking over the entire cavity. It is then that things get interesting, and the analogy where the physical world mimics the spirit world becomes apparent. You see, after growing to a suitable size and length, the horsehair worm does something that scientists cannot explain. They're baffled by it. The parasite commands the caterpillar to jump into water and commit suicide. Now, this is no accident. The parasite is in full control and it needs to be in the water to continue its life cycle. Within moments of splashing into the water and struggling to survive, the caterpillar must be amazed to watch as the worm violently forces its way out of its abdomen wriggling away from its dying, drowning host, ready to find and destroy others. What I just described to you is the fate of every nation infested by and controlled by Satan's parasites. The parasite has no emotions about this process. There's no point in projecting your human emotions onto this worm. This is what they're programmed to do. There's no right or wrong labels to ascribe or affix here. And so it is with Satan's parasites here on earth. This is what they're programmed to do, to destroy, to subvert, to invert good and evil, to occupy, to vandalize, all the while giving each other awards as they do it. They couldn't change even if they wanted to. The only way that they can be changed, can be turned, is through a direct intervention by Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Now, this is why we always find stories of conversion so pathetically funny, especially those stories of the Spanish conversos. It's hilarious and a waste of time. But what isn't hilarious is the ability of Satan's parasites to adapt, blend in, and spread, finding covert points of entry and then taking full advantage. And if discovered and cornered, they'll scream and fight to the death, usually using others to fight their battle as they scramble away for an exit. Now, each individual parasite is linked to the other, similar to a beehive. And the hive must be defended. Each parasite is an extension of that hive, working towards a larger infestation, a larger destruction and spiritual death of humanity. But when you attack one, you attack all. And all will respond with force to eliminate the threat now for you it was just words or an emotional outburst but for them it represents an existential threat to their entire existence an apology by you will never suffice these are apex parasites created with the sole purpose of bringing about your spiritual destruction now for most people and i get this it's difficult to understand and absorb the, the scale and goals of Satan's parasites. But as we near closer to war and further engineered and manufactured division, more people will slowly start to be awakened to the reality as I've just explained it. But I doubt it's going to do much good. Billions have already been genetically altered by the bioweapon injections, and they're easily manipulated into cheerleading, for example, for a war against a white Christian country. Now, what better way to end the worldwide fiat ponzi than by kicking over the table and starting a war between the West and Russia? It's like being caught cheating at cards, but still allowed to walk up to the counter and cash out your chips and leave. Now, the Apostle Paul tried to warn Christians about what they were really up against in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Let's read it together. The Judeans who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and drove us out, they displease God and are hostile to all mankind, hindering us in speaking to the Gentiles that they may be saved, to fill up their sins. But wrath is come upon them to the utmost. And, of course, this is exactly the kind of behavior we expect from a parasite. Not only feeding off and attacking the host, but, and this is important, preventing the host from warning others. Let's read that again. Hindering us in speaking to the Gentiles that they may be saved. Now, you need to let that sink in real deep. That sounds like a parasite with a pretty long-term and strategic plan, doesn't it? And what better way to hobble the host, to hinder him from warning others, than by keeping him unaware that there's even a threat in the first place? Example. You've probably heard the phrase the devil's greatest trick was convincing people he doesn't exist. And a great way to do that is removing God and any mention of God from schools and public discourse. Remember, Paul gave us this warning 2,000 years ago, and Satan's parasites, driven by burning genetic hatred of you, have had a long time to prepare countermeasures. And one of their most effective countermeasures was editing and perverting the gospel of the Lord and Paul's original epistles. Now, you honestly believe it never occurred to the Jesus killers to change a few words here and there? Not only that, they renamed their Torah to the Old Testament and stapled it onto your Bible. Mimicry, adaption, subversion, these are the ways of the parasite. Inserted their demonic egg into your spiritual book. Now suddenly their deity, their father, is now your God. You and Satan's parasites now have the same God. Are you starting to understand this? Now, take a step back and think about Jesus and his teachings. Love your neighbor as yourself. Think about the Christian God revealed to us only through him. Now, compare that to one of the commands of their deity Satan in which he tells them, kill them all, old and young, girls and women and little children. And we see it throughout Kings, Joshua, Ezekiel, Deuteronomy, Numbers, time and again. Satan commanding them to murder women and children, even instructing them to, and I quote, show no pity, unquote, as they hack their little bodies apart with a sword. See the difference? You really think your Christian God, Jesus, would ever command that of you? If you do, your fate is no different than that of the bug with a hairworm exploding out of its belly. Now, The pre-Nicene Christians would never have accepted this because they had the first Christian Bible to guide them. They had it for hundreds of years before it was perverted and vandalized at the Council of Nicaea in 325 A.D. They had it in the original Greek, just as written by the Apostle Paul, long before it was creatively interpreted and translated into Latin. Of course, back then it was just one gospel, the gospel of the Lord and the ten original epistles. Galatians, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Philippians, Philemon, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, Laodiceans, and Colossians, the same now as it was 2,000 years ago. It's actually kind of a miracle that it still exists today when you consider the scorched earth policy that was set in motion to erase every last copy of it and destroy the pre-Nicene Christians. You see, for members of the pre-Nicene faiths and readers of the very first Bible, what's going on now in the world isn't really that shocking. But what is shocking are the levels of self-delusion and Stockholm Syndrome symptoms on parade with billions of people on the planet right now. As pre-Nicene Christians, we have a unique perspective on events and on the ways of the enemy. Now, we can warn you about what's happening, but really very few will bother to listen, much less heed the advice. Imagine being so brainwashed and programmed that you pray to the same God as your enemy as he kills you, even in your last dying breath, too fearful to even name him. The propaganda effort and marketing campaign called Judeo-Christian, well, that began in earnest over a hundred years ago, but really it has its roots in a host-parasite relationship that began 2,000 years ago. And its season is here. Look around you at the harvest. Look at the leaders of the Western nations, unhinged and driving their people to destruction, slavery, and war. No different from the caterpillar as it leaps to its death into the water, committing suicide on orders from the parasite within its own body that somehow also gained control of its brain. And all that remains of most Christian churches is the dried body of the caterpillar with its hollow abdomen as silent testimony to the ravages and effectiveness of Satan's parasites. Now, one of the things even delusional people are learning is what happens after the last episode of Seinfeld airs, when the laugh track glitches, when the mask comes off. They suddenly see the parasite for what it is, what its nature is. This parasite knows it's killing you, and it doesn't care in the least. The human emotions you project onto it are an exercise in futility. You see, it's driven by genetics. And its father is Satan. So what happens when you only have faith in a material world that you don't control? When you go against the orders of Satan's parasites? When you fail to bow on command to sodomy, drag queens, mental illness, sick perversions, child exploitation, and abortion? Well, you're starting to find out now, aren't you? I found the following quote very well written. Put your money in our banks, we can confiscate it. Put your assets in our territory, we can steal them. Use our money and we can cancel it. Put your yacht in our harbor, we can pirate it. Put your gold in our vault, we can grab it. That is a lesson that will resound around the world. A naked illustration that the rules-based international order is simply that we make the rules and order you to obey them. In two or three weeks, everybody in the world who is on the potential Western hit list will have moved his assets out of the reach of the West, The more you know about parasites, the better you will be at identifying them and avoiding their traps. The ability to recognize their behavior is an important tool. But by far the most important defense is the spiritual shield we have in the form of the very first Bible and reconnecting with our true faith. Praying to our Christian God and staying far away from Satan's parasites. Now, you can always download a free copy at theveryfirstbible.org.org, And I recommend transferring it onto a USB thumb drive afterwards to keep it safe. Now, given that we know an immense effort was used to trick you and that Satan has the capacity to blind the minds of men to keep them away from the gospel... I'm not sure how culpable God will decide you are on that last day. But I sure don't want to be in the position of having to explain why I didn't seek the truth, even when I had suspicions about the modern Bible and the alien Hebrew scribbling stapled onto it. You see, being willfully ignorant is a lot different from being simply ignorant. In the meantime, get your children out of the public schools and get out of the cities. Let's do a quick prayer to end today's episode. Father, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit to us and help guide us through the spiritual minefields and deceptions of Satan's parasites, the murderers of your only son Jesus. Only you know if this is the end of the beginning or the beginning of the end, and we pray for your forgiveness and direction in this time of great confusion. Have mercy on us, We commit our soul to you alone. Amen. I'm Darren Kalama, and this has been First News on FBN. Kill them all, old and young, girls and women and little children. Does that sound like something Jesus would ever say to you? The first Christians didn't think so either. And that's why you won't find the Old Testament in the first Christian Bible of 144 A.D reconnect with your pre-nicene christian roots and the bible you were meant to have 10 books and the gospel of the lord download your free ebook at theveryfirstbible.org